You done your stretches, this week, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> done my stretches. There we go. I'm all stretched out. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works, then. Enjoy that now. No. Uh, Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com. What am I? Sport editor. <laughs> Radio Times. We're leaving that in. RadioTimes.com sport editor, Michael Potts. And I'm joined in the virtual studio once again by the man, the myth, the Jake Wilson. How are you doing, sir? Hello. Nice to be here. That was a good intro. A little bit of spice. Nice. A bit punchy. A little bit punchy. You are you are BBC Match of the Day magazine's finest. Um, sorry, sorry, Stobbs, but um, <laughs> she's getting really punchy. Actually, yeah, we probably should leave that one alone. Oh, I'm clipping that. That's, uh, that's going on my CV. That is. Thank you. Wow. Oh, we love you, really, Stobbs. It's fine. It's all good. Come back soon, please, please. Um, as ever, we'll be previewing some of the biggest games coming up on the in the Premier League on TV this weekend with a full raft of games to enjoy across the various channels. Um, we're also going to be looking at our Fantasy Premier League wars, our Premier League, Fantasy Premier League uh, victories, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've had a pretty good week, actually, this time around. Um, and then we're going to be looking at some Champions League players uh, who may have caught our eye over the last few weeks. January is approaching, which is, I mean, that's terrifying. But um, the Champions, uh, January is approaching, and a few Champions League stars are catching the attention of Premier League teams um, we'll be looking at them. Um, a bit of a quick bit of breaking news, I guess. My, my good man, Mr. Mr. Wilson, has, uh, has spotted that Premier League pay-per-view is soon to be no more, potentially. We're, we're waiting on a final confirmation, but it seems like a bit of good news there um, that all the games will be, the sort of excess games, uh, will be shown on Sky, BT, possibly a bit of Amazon, possibly a bit of BBC. Um, as opposed to paying £14.95 for a pop. So, a bit of good news to start your lockdown adventure. Diving straight into this weekend's games, we have a big one. It's Everton versus Manchester United. It's a 12.30 kickoff on BT Sport this Saturday. Um, Man United, again, we've chatted about them quite a bit recently. Uh, well, everybody has chatted about Man United quite a bit recently. Um just looking again at another news report today from uh, Samuel Luckhurst at MEN saying that Man United have started chatting to Mauricio Pochettino uh, about potentially replacing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as boss. Um, Pochettino was on Monday Night Football. He was, he was out there getting his message across that he's ready for a return. Um, stars seem to be aligning, Mr. Wilson. They do. It's uh, it's took its time. We all know that um, United wanted him a couple of seasons ago when he was at Spurs, um, but things can't continue as they are for maybe either party. Um, let me start by asking you uh, a little question, Michael. Oh, I remember no. a few weeks ago you <laughs> you defended Ole and you were like, "I don't get the criticism." Um, well, I mean, and I... that was, I think. Two defeats since Arsenal. They look really kind of lacklustre there. And then, as we've seen, absolutely shambolic at the back against uh, Basak Zahir. Um, that Denver bar goal oh my is truly remarkable. Um, and yeah, true to form, Man United as inconsistent as ever. But um, have your feelings uh, changed uh, towards well, Ole or, or United? 
I mean, I got the frustration with with Solskjaer. I'm not. I'm not completely um, <laughs> completely blind to seeing that there was there was room for improvement. But I, I think the Arsenal one is a, is a disappointment. That's more disappointing almost for me than the Istanbul game because I think I think Arsenal it, it, it just got bullied by a team who haven't had a lot about them in recent weeks. And I think Arsenal were just kind of there for the taking. They're also a work in progress. And um, I just thought Arsenal kind of bullied them around a bit. And Man United were quite, just submitted quite easily, I think. And that's not what you want to see from a Man United team or any team for that matter. Um, I thought that was a really disappointing one. But again, I will say, I will say that, that I mean, that Denver Bar goal, I just don't know how much surely there's got to be players taking responsibility here. I think, I think that's my, my thing with Solskjaer. I think, he, yeah, he's maybe not the, you know, the ultimate world-class manager. But come on, man. You're at the absolute top of, of continental football here. And you've got Matic is the furthest, furthest back Man United player. And he's in the final third. I, I just, I don't think you can legislate for that at, at, at any level of the game. My, my housemate plays Sunday League and all that sort of stuff. And he was just, I showed him it on Twitter, and he was just baffled. He was like, that's not, we wouldn't even do that at the great Chessington United, I believe it is. <laughs> um, those players need, need to, um, to book up their ideas, I think. And maybe it is time for Solskjaer to offer them to start looking around. Pochettino's a very attractive option, I guess. Um, but I just think the players need to take some responsibility for that as well. Oh, definitely. Like the for that goal, I know it's a, it's kind of a a key point for for pundits nowadays that that goal on United. But the whole back four was like in a straight line mm. in the opposition box and then either side. It was as if they <laughs> they were parking the bus, but in the wrong half. <laughs> um, yeah. Rio said something similar. He said that, you know, you just need, if he was on the pitch, he'd be screaming at players. He'd be grabbing, dragging them back. You know, you got to have that two on one at the back. Mm. And it was one on naught. And that is remarkable. Um, and as much as it is the players getting it wrong, it could also be the players not quite knowing what their jobs are mm. and not quite knowing what, what the tactics are. You wouldn't see that in a team under Mourinho. There's no way, regardless of the players. He would have those players drilled. And I know it always goes sour. But the the top, top managers would never have a situation under their leadership that they would have that. Or there would be unbelievable consequences. I don't see that under Ole. And I don't, I'm not advocating him losing his job in the slightest. Because um, managers need time, and uh, I wish I wish all managers all the time they could have, but um, something needs to change there. And hopefully, Ollie has the answers, or, or you know, Maurizio might be seen to be the person who does have the answers and, um, and by what, some people higher up. And what do you think about Pochettino? I know, obviously, Pochettino. It seems like the obvious, the obvious choice. I feel like he's kind of been. Um, I mean, from the from the moment Solskjaer walked in and got the job, um, Pochettino's kind of you know he's always sort of been floating on the surface of what would would he move, would he would he do that? Um, do you think he would be the right man if if United actually do do end up making the making the change? Well, the two that are always mentioned, aren't they, are Poch and uh, Massimo Allegri. Mm. Um, but Poch knows the league. 
he's done it. He did, he did really well at Spurs, and I can't see him being anything other than an, uh, a total success there. He didn't win a trophy, um, but that wasn't for lack of trying or putting themselves in the situations. The Champions League final just went against him. Mm. Um, it seemed like they were running on fumes by that point, Kane being injured. Um, and it would be interesting to see Poch go to a club with, with more funds, with a bigger reach, um, you know, if not as, as much as maybe in the past. Um, but I'd, if, if Oli is not seen as the man, which unfortunately may be the case, I'd love to see Poch there. Um, there isn't loads of other clubs that immediately sh- scream out as Poch clubs, mm. you know, uh, at Espanyol for, for some time and he's got big links there. So you can't really see him at Barcelona. Um, Real Madrid could be an option. Um, whereas like a manager like Ancelotti obviously played at, um, managed a lot of clubs in his career. He seems like more adaptable to different styles of play, two different um, speeds of leagues um, in a way that Poch maybe isn't. Um, a better atmosphere there and a bit more accountability but hopefully um, for Ollie's sake he can do that before the need for Poch mm, Absolutely uh, so I'm I, I, I think Pochettino if if Solskjaer does go I think he is the man you've got you've almost got to go for him you've, you've just got to go for him I think um, but I do I do wonder whether so I, I have question marks over Poch a little bit because he's done so well at Espanyol and Southampton and Spurs and I know the obvious, like the stick that he's been beaten with unfairly like, a lot of times is, is just that he hasn't won anything. And I do, that, that is, I think that has to be a concern. I think, I think there is a, um, there's something about Mourinho going to Spurs where it was like, yeah, he may not be the squad builder, he may not be the long-term solution, but he's going to win things with them. And I just, I do have that little question mark over Pochettino. Um, but, but he needs a club. I mean, if you look at the clubs he's taken, they're not trophy-winning clubs. It's a bit like Sarri. He was at not trophy-winning clubs. Um, so obviously he was you know, not going to win a trophy. Um, I, I do look at the likes of um, Allegri uh, and the likes of An- Ancelotti. Is, for me, if Ancelotti wasn't at Everton and sort of has a project, I think Ancelotti's the guy you would go for if you were United. I think, I think the older head... United is a very young squad. Even the likes of Fernandez, who is kind of seen as... you know, I think we forget actually that Fernandez is a lot younger. Uh, oh, oh, he's still quite a young player. Um, and he is seen as this sort of leader almost in the team, creatively, in, in, that, in that sense. Um, and I just, I just wonder whether they need an old head to sort of steer the ship a little bit and um, not to bring in like an old-fashioned way, but just sort of, I don't know, I don't know, a bit, a bit of somebody a bit rugged who's not going to be messed about by these kids. <laughs> I know that sounds really harsh on Man United players there. It's not meant to be. But just maybe a firm, a firm hand on the on the tiller, so to speak. But uh, but Pochettino, if he goes there, I still think he will. But they've tried a few different things already, hasn't it? I know, like Moy, obviously they tried the Premier League manager bringing him up, didn't quite work. Mm. Van Hal, like that, you that's kind of in the mold that you said that old head that who doesn't. Yeah, it's true. Anyone, he's you know he's uh, he's definitely kind of. Setting his ways, and he he had some success, but that didn't work. Obviously, Mourinho uh, worked and then didn't. Um, Oli, the the jury is out. So, Poch, you know, an aura manager, someone who's cool and slick. Maybe that is the next step. But um, yeah, potentially. 
fast becoming a poisoned chalice, the Man United. Uh, I don't didn't want to use the cliche, but there we go. Um, <laughs> moving on to Everton, um, into Angelotti's team. Um, no wins in three for them. I know one of them was the Liverpool game. Um, and they've had two defeats since against Southampton and Newcastle. Uh, Rodriguez playing, he was sort of playing injured against Southampton. Um, he was out of the Newcastle game. Um, is he really that key to that team? Do you think? Do you think it's a simple case of just take Rodriguez out and and never fall apart, or or do you think there's more to it than that? I think definitely he plays a big role. He's he seems so influential in those first five games. Um, but I also want to shout Richarlison being suspended. Mm. Uh, that changes the way they play as well um, because I think he and Calvert Lewin together looked a very good combination. Um, two different sorts of sorts of forwards. Uh, their link-up play was good. They were, they were getting assists and goals between them. Um, so I think losing the pair of them has definitely had a detrimental effect going forward. Um, and we've, they've been playing at Wobi um, in, in place, who, um, as very good footballer as he is, does not have the, the goal uh, involvements that uh, Rodriguez or Richarlison has. Um, yet Sigurdsson back in the frame maybe doesn't, doesn't do the same job as Rodriguez does. These are players that they relied on more last season when things weren't going well. Uh, maybe they don't want to be relying on them every week again this season. It feels like when you put, um, when you sort of tear off some nice new wallpaper and you find the horrible seventies wallpaper underneath. Like it feels a little bit of that with them at the moment. Um, just where you, I don't know, you've got the likes of. I mean, that, that midfield was just totally revolutionised over the summer, wasn't it? And, um, and yet you, you peel a couple of players out of that, you take Rodriguez out of that, and suddenly you're, you're relying a bit more on Sigurdsson. Um, the likes of Andre Gomez, who, who had a bit of a poor, poor time against Newcastle. Um, it, it, sort of beyond their starting eleven, there's cracks there. And I think like Delph coming back in, uh, fair, he's fine, he's fine. But is he going to be you know, a top six, top four um, you know, a starting member of a top six, top four team. I, I, I don't think so. Um, so it's very tricky um, for them. I, I mean, I'm not concerned. I think their trajectory is still good. And I think it's one of those where um, a couple of transfer windows, naturally you're going to shift out some of the, the deadwood and replace with, with bigger names. Um, but yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it may just be a bit of a two steps forward, one step back sort of a season for Everton this time around. Yeah, yeah, it's a funny one. But um, at least a positive sign in uh, the first name on the team sheet, um, the literal first name on the team sheet. Uh, <laughs> um, Pickford was dropped for the last game, uh, but Robin Olsen came in and did, did really well by the scene. Yeah. The sounds 30-year-old from, from Roma. Um, Ancelotti obviously likes him. Um, Pickford, he says he's going to be back in for the United game. But at least I've got options there. It's, he, Pickford's been pushed this season in a way that maybe he hasn't in the past so hopefully that's good for him and for for the club and for England as well yeah absolutely absolutely I agree I think I think yeah Pick, I think Pickford was deserving of um of maybe not getting the start and and having a player who can step in and, and put in a good performance um that that's kind of what you need isn't it and um but but again maybe Pickford just needs that I mean, he's exhausting to watch sometimes Pickford I love him I love him so much but He's exhausting. It just it just looks exhausting being him. He looks so wound up, and I think maybe just that time to sit on the bench, maybe just that time to, you know, 
watch the game develop. And I, I don't know. I, I, I just think there's something quite nice about having that time off there. Um, and now, you know, I mean, he's straight back into a big game here. Uh, but then he's got the international break where he may or may not be in for England. Um, just that little bit of time, that little bit of respite from what has been a really tough season from so far. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's the start of a of a battle between the two, really, because you, you just want the best goalkeeper playing. doesn't matter who it is. You just want your best goalkeeper playing. Um, so fingers crossed on, on that front for them. Um, prediction for this one, I'm going for an exciting draw is what I have written down here. I'm going for like a two-all draw, I think. Oh, well, I've gone for a draw as well. So that makes us sound like absolute fence sitters. So, um, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> of 1-1, one, one, uh, unfortunately. Sorry, everyone. Oh, ruined me there. Um, and you can watch that on a 12.30 kickoff on BT Sport this Saturday. Uh, moving on to the next game. I mean, it doesn't get any smaller, does it, really? It's Manchester City versus Liverpool. It's on Sunday afternoon slash evening. It's a 4.30 kickoff on Sky Sports. Um, I mean, yeah, okay, I'm up for this. <laughs> um, we have City, obviously Jesus back with a bang. Uh, cracking strike in midweek in the Champions League. Ooh. Cracking strike. Um, good to see a bit of a focal point back in the, in the, among the ranks. Obviously Aguero is coming back to fitness. Maybe too soon from this week, but who knows? You never know. Pep, <laughs> Pep rotation and, uh, and Pep roulette can always throw up surprises. Um, but I feel I feel like we're going to talk about. I can see your face looking all pensive here. You know what I'm going to say because I think we're going to talk about your favourite guy now. Would you like to talk about <laughs> Ferran? Would you like to talk about Ferran Torres? <laughs> I always like to talk about Ferran Torres. <laughs> yes, he had a good one, didn't Settle. he? Oh well, he just is seamless. He, he's, he's direct. His touch is brilliant. He seems exactly know, knows when to strike the ball as well. One of his goals the other night, it was played through. He took a touch and you could see he, could, he wanted to shoot, but he, he delayed it half a second to get the angle. Um, and it was, it was brilliant. Um, and yeah, I, think, I feel like he's a, he's a right player. But this is a very interesting one. Uh, when, the, um, when both... Uh, teams were one 0 up, Liverpool and Man City in midweek. I uh, I dropped a little uh, a little poll on the old socials um, to to see to see who who people favoured more, Ferran uh, or Diogo Jota. Um, I feel like the results were slightly unfair by uh, Diogo then going on to score <laughs> two more. Um, overwhelmingly, people went Diogo Jota. Um, so, so I'm a little bit sad for Ferran because I don't think he gets the love yet. I think mainly because people haven't seen him as much as they've been watching Diogo, um, me included. But um, I think Ferran is a right player and such a good option uh, across the front line. Mm, absolutely. Uh, and I was going to say, actually, um, while you're, you're discussing options going forward, I'm actually quite... I'm going to go the opposite way here and say City looking a bit better at the back. Um, obviously, they've got Laporte, they've got uh, Ruben Diaz, uh, hasn't made any sort of catastrophic errors yet, which is nice to see. Um, John Stones came in and played well the other night, which was good to see. Um, again, I feel like we've forgotten about how good John Stones can actually be when he's sort of settled and, you know, defending. <laughs> um, when he's given a task and he sticks to it, I think he can be a very good player. And, and that, again, is good timing for... Um, for England over the next year if Stones can sort of claw his way back into contention um, don't want to say anything knee-jerk about, about Stones but um, 
But it's just nice to see him, again, maybe rising to that challenge, a bit of competition in there. Um, you've also got uh, Jao Cancelo. I feel like we always forget about him as well. He's, he's sort of he's so good at Juventus. And then all of a sudden, we, you know, you look at Kyle Walker and Zinchenko and, and you kind of think, are they really sort of next level players? And then you've got Cancelo on the bench, who was sort of a Juventus superstar back in the day. And, and just seeing him sort of coming into that a bit more and, and not just being used as a, you know, fill any gap at the back, um, actually coming in and, and playing well. So I think City have a few options at the back. And I think, I think that's what they need. I think just defence is key from them um, they will always score goals and, and Torres if he's getting more chance he's always going to you know take that chance uh, when he comes in um, but good to see good to see them improving at the back a little bit as well definitely I think that's the strongest they've looked since um, definitely Walker is on an absolute tear at the minute yeah he is um, not just not just scoring against Sheffield United, like he looks brilliant defensively as well. Um, Cancelo going forwards is excellent, and a, a City side that are going to have so much of the ball, they really need players who can get forward, who want to cut inside as well. He wants to be more central at times, Cancelo, which is nice. Um, and then, yeah, Laporte and Diaz as, as, as a back two. Yeah, you don't get much better than that. Ake in reserve, then Stones maybe as fourth choice. That's mm. That's beautiful and we all know how good Edison is we don't need to talk any more about him he's blooming great absolutely <laughs> don't know what that was but okay uh, <laughs> yeah he is blooming great though isn't he um, it sounds like Mick McCarthy just having a chat with himself oh, I love Mick McCarthy oh, let's talk about McCarthy oh, can new we job Mick McCarthy on the pod <laughs> let's do that That's let's, get Mick, let's give Mick Mac a show um, is he now he's got Got a little uh, European adventure going on. Yeah, I love Mick McCarthy. Anyway, let's park that one because that wasn't meant to happen. But um, but yeah, Mick, if you're out there, please listen to us. We love you. Anyway, moving on. Liverpool. <laughs> um, Liverpool. So once again, again, we see this. I love it when you see a side evolve. Um, I think City. You could maybe say, have they gone a little bit stale for a while? And even this season, or have they gone stale? Are they going to sort of really? recapture the best of themselves under Guardiola um, but Liverpool they, they, I love what they're doing just sort of shifting around they've dropped Firmino a little bit deeper in that 4-2-3-1 and, uh, and they've pushed your boy Diogo straight up front um, I mean Jota he's on fire he's on fire what do you make of him right now in, in a Liverpool shirt love him I loved him at Wolves um, and I love him at, at Liverpool um, I'm going to adjust the elephant. Um, a lot of people have been <laughs> messaging me being like, why did you sell Jota? And it was because he was fourth choice, mm. uh, frankly, uh, behind Neto, behind Podence, behind Troy um, And he plateaued at Wolves. Um, I think we, we play him we play him quite wide and in a very different way to Liverpool. We had a lot less of the ball. It was counter-attacking. So we really needed his directness. But he didn't have the support up top when he, he ran with the ball or got there. So he had some amazing moments in a Wolf shirt. I remember a goal he scored against Man United and Molyneux absolutely erupted. Um, but yeah, it was the right time to sell him. And he's, he's coming good at Liverpool. He's a big game player. He wants to be successful, you know, for Portugal, playing alongside some of the best players in the world there. And I think he sees himself as being, being up there. Um, playing through the middle was excellent. Firmino has got to be scared. 
Mm, absolutely. I mean, that's six goals in four games there for him. And in, in his last four games, uh, well, obviously one of those, he only played 20 minutes. One of those, when he got his hat rick from playing an hour the other night. Um, I mean, what a start. What a start. And Liverpool, from a Liverpool perspective, absolutely, what a signing. Like, they've needed that player, haven't they? They've, they've relied on, on people like Brewster coming in for maybe 20 minutes here and there and Origi here and there. But to actually sign somebody who... Um, he very much fits the Liverpool, the mould, doesn't he? Sort of like bringing in Robertson, who um, you know may not have been the most fancied, and then obviously back in the day when they brought Henderson and plugged him in, and, and they've sort of plugged these players, Van Alden plugged them in into the perfect system. And so if you've got Jota, who, like I say, I, I do think, I mean, he went a long time, didn't he, without scoring for Wolves, and, and wasn't always in the team. And yet... It's one of those moves that win. It works out for everybody because then you know you're getting a big transfer fee for him, and he just fits that Liverpool system so well. Um, so I don't think it's a, a case of you know. It's, I think there's more nuance to it than just oh, what what are Wolves doing selling that guy? Um, I just think he's one of those who is he's just he's just slotted in perfectly, hasn't he? And and that's exactly what you want from Liverpool because he's not going to demand to play every single week. Um, you know, in the same way as if you'd signed a, a 60, 70, 80 million pound striker would want to play every week. Um, he's not going to demand that or expect that straight away, but he's playing in such a way that is really putting pressure on Firmino. Roberto Firmino, he, he's threatening to break up that front of three. It's an incredible thing to do. Um, but obviously now that they're they're accommodating that and, and you know, dropping Firmino deeper, um, to, to actually make the four of them work, which is quite a terrifying prospect. <laughs> it really is. That is so intimidating. If you see that lineup on the team sheet, you're reading it as um, James Tarkovsky. You know, not a great couple of weeks, Burnley side, down, down, yeah. only got one point. You, you're looking at the team sheet. Oh, it's Jota and Firmino. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's, you're going you're gonna to pull your socks up for that one. You know, you're going to be in yeah. for a test. Um, and I'm sure Diaz and Laporte are going to be relishing such a task. Absolutely, indeed. Um, predictions for this one. Manchester City versus Liverpool feels like a big, big game already in the season. It does indeed. Um, I want to shout out Mark Lawrenson. Um, um, he does the, <laughs> yeah. he's doing the um, BBC Sports predictions. For the first time in 160 matches, he's predicted Liverpool to lose a game. Um, and I'm going to follow his lead. I think um, Liverpool's backline isn't as strong as City's. Um, as much as uh, I really like Rhys Williams, and I was impressed with Nat Phillips, um, definitely against West Ham. Um, I feel like City have got a bit of an edge here, um, and I think they could sneak it, sneaky 2-1. Interesting. I'm going with another exciting draw. Uh, I need a big sign, just just says exciting draw. Uh, no, I, I'm going to go with another two-all draw, I think. <laughs> I, can see, I can see a lot of goals coming in this one. Um, again, I know I've bigged up City's defence there, but if there's one set of players who can get past them, it's probably going to be an informed Jota, Firmino, Salah, Mane. Um, Top yeah. spin sitting there, Michael. You love to see it. We'll see. You love to see it. I'm just setting up a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> first weekend of lockdown for you all here. Just two-all draws all over the shop. Everyone gets one point. You get one point, you get one point. You get a point, you get a point, you get a point. Um, and before that, before that game, we have a two o'clock kickoff. Um, we're going to chat about Wolves a little bit now. Uh, it's ah. 
Leicester versus what's that noise? Leicester versus Wolves. It's a two o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Um, yeah, I mean, you're feeling good about this one. Wolves don't lose unless they do something bad, and I know that's a very simple sentence, wow. but but hear me out. One nil against Fulham. One nil against Leeds. One one against Newcastle, and two nil against Palace. So in the last four Prem games, we dropped two points, and that's because Patricio didn't do his wall properly. Um, Jacob Murphy scored a lovely free kick that um, you know he could have saved, but the wall was anyway. So we've, we've, other than that one tiny mistake, in four games of Prem action, we you know haven't conceded from open play. Um, we've scored every game. Palace, we we you know scored two in the first half, which was completely unbelievable. Um, you know, there's a lot to be happy with as a Wolves fan. Um, Absolutely. Let me ask you a question, Michael. Do you know the first book player born post-2000 to be called up to a Portugal senior squad? Oh, here we go. It's going to be your boy, isn't it? Is it, is it, is is it a Wolves player? Uh, <laughs> oh, you you Wolves fan. Do you, uh, do, you, do you have lots of Portuguese players? Yeah. We, do. we do. We have five in the squad. Poden's missing out this time. Oh, um, and Jota's in it as well. So one of our old boys. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very Portugal, but um, yeah, I love Neto. Going forward, I think he's brilliant. He's going to turn into a real good player, and I think mm. he gets he gets um, left left uh, out of you know quite a lot of those lists, those wonder kid lists. Mm. Um, I think he could be much better than the credit he gets gets given. So, um, yes, as a Wolves fan, very happy. But this one's a proper test. Um, how do you see it? Mm. I was going to say it, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, these two sides. You feel like Wolves, you kind of, like like you said there, it's up to them to lose it, so to speak. I think Wolves are very good at, um, well, when I've seen them, being very good at holding on to leads, defending leads. I think I watched I watched the Leeds game, actually, um, fairly recently, and that was a good performance. Really enjoy that sort of, like, grinding out a win. Um, I thought Cordy at the back, I'm a big fan of Cordy at the back. Uh, Kilman doing well. Um, kept Sice out of the team, didn't he, didn't he, last week, I think. Yeah, he's moved. Sice, uh, Sice has played on the left. He's Play played on the left as well. Um, but he's kind of he's kind of moved him out of the the front line. I think Sice is quite versatile, so um, yeah. he can play a lot. But um, a lot of fantasy Premier League fans weren't very happy that he was on the bench. Yeah, I was very happy as a as a man who owns Cody and Semedo. But um, there we go. Uh, Semedo, obviously, I know I know the fullbacks both both picking up as well as uh, I, oh, I can't pronounce his name. Could you please tell me your left back's name? Ike Nori. That's the guy. That's the boy. Um, yeah, they both had a, had a very good game against Palace. And um, I've got one quick question about Wolves before we move on. But um, Adama Traore seems a little bit muted so far. He seems a little bit... Um, well, he's being used from the bench, isn't he? Like, is, for, for a player who was kind of being tipped for a massive move in the summer, to, again, is it, is it similar to the Jota situation? Has, has he kind of peaked with Wolves? Or, or do you think he's still got a big, important role to play with Wolves? 2020 um, has not been Troy Ray's year in club football whatsoever. Mm. Um, he hasn't scored since uh, the Man City game that was just after Christmas, that crazy one where he ran all the way down the pitch. Mm. So no goals in the Premier League in 2020. Uh, zero uh, assists in his last 18 appearances. Um, and for a, a wide forward who was so uh, prolific with providing Jimenez assists uh, last term, you know, dropping those little crosses on his head, um, that is not a stat you'll want to see. Um, and 
yeah, he's he's not had the form. He, he's a he's a confidence player, and he's been in purple patches. But um, I think I think he's been shaken recently. He had um, he's got a shoulder issue, as you mentioned, yeah. um, and I think that has knocked his confidence to to feel super comfortable on the pitch. At home. He might still be wrestling with that. We don't know. Um, but then again, like he was called up to the Spain squad, um, and he was very good off the bench on his debut. And then he started against uh, Ukraine, um, and even though Spain lost, he was definitely one of their brightest lights. Um, and they love him in Spain. They see him as such a weapon, as such an option. Causes so much havoc, but um, in the Premier League, um, I think um, a few figuring him out a little bit. West Ham was his only start in the last few weeks, um, and uh, David Moyes put three players back on the left. He played Masawaku, he played Creswell, and I think it was for Niles he played there as well to cover Troy Ray and Semedo on that side. Um, and obviously, that was a horrendous, horrendous game for Wolves. They got absolutely destroyed. Um, so I think Troy always in a bit of a, a bit of a hole in it. I think he definitely is third choice um, as our wide forwards, Neto and Podence. They both look like they're um, really good in front of goal, um, ability to score and create assists in a way that Troy Ray hasn't had for some time. So I definitely think Troy Ray's got some work to do. He's got some um, figuring out ahead of him, um, but he's going to have to bide his time because um, yeah, Neto and Podence are the first choice over him. Um, and he might be sitting on the bench for some time, unfortunately. Absolutely. And uh, just a quick word about Leicester. Um, flying along in the league right now. Do you think you could, could potentially be seeing another uh, another little Jamie Vardy run to the title? Who knows? Maybe it's too early to say. Uh, but they've scored 17-7 and um, so far this season. So the only team to have scored more is Spurs. Uh, and that's basically... Well, the only, <laughs> the only team to have scored more is... Harry Kane and Sun Hyung Min, um, but yeah, clinical man, just so clinical. I love, I just love Jamie Vardy so much. Um, be really interesting to see him up against Cody. I think um, having three at the back and having Vardy sort of running at them, um, he's gonna find a hole. He's gonna find a hole there. And and Cody, as much as we love Cody, not the quickest. Um, Vardy is. I mean, he's not slowing down, is he? Um, and you just feel like if they slide that one ball through that one killer pass, um, obviously King is under uh, a lovely little assist again last week. He's, he's done that a couple of times now, a little, little cheeky cross through. Um, he's sort of getting up to speed after I know, I know he was criticised for, for his fitness and things like that. Um, but you just, I'm a little bit worried for Wolves this week. I, I think I, I, I like Wolves. I like what's going on with it. And obviously, you know more than me. You're, you're very positive. Um, but, I mean, my prediction here, I'm going with Leicester to nick this one. I just I just feel like they're coming together. Yuri Tillman's finding his feet in the middle there, a bit more creativity. Uh, James Madison finding his feet. Um, I just think a lot of their weapons are coming into form at the, at the wrong time for Wolves. Um, and, and obviously, Leicester, we saw how good they were up till Christmas last year. I'm not saying that's you know going to exactly happen this time around. But, um, but they're a team who, once they build a bit of momentum, they seem to be able to keep going with it. Uh, and just sort of like Vardy's just a relentless, we know what Vardy's like, he's relentless, isn't he? Um, so I'm going to go. That's my very long-winded justification for saying 1-0 Leicester. I, I, no, I'm not going to argue against there. I think Wolves and Leicester are one of these teams, especially over the last couple of seasons, that have really gone head-to-head mm. you know, on the league table, but on the pitch as well. Um, the performances, 
results could have gone either way. Wolves had one chalked out for a volley handball, and we and we were harshly done by there. But Leicester are good. Um, they do have their off moments, though, like the Villa and West Ham games recently. So um, I'm not going to be able to agree with you, Michael, because I'm going to say Wolves are going to win one nil, and um, they get a Marshall Vardy. Like, yeah, pace does. Pace can hurt us. Um, I've got full faith in this side at the minute. They're, they're not conceding goals. Mm, absolutely. Um, and yes, you can watch that one on Sunday. Uh, super, 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 super Sunday. Uh, at two o'clock on Sky Sports before Manchester United, Liverpool at 4.30 on Sky Sports. Um, now moving on very quickly, we're going to chat about our, our fan- fantasy Premier League teams. How are you doing this week? Did you have a good one? Any shambolic news that you need to bring me about your team? No, uh, this was quite good. Um, the, the shambolic news was nearly leaving uh, Tariq Lamptey on the bench um, in his nine-point haul. But thankfully, Mitchell didn't uh, didn't for Palace against Wolves. So um, Lamptey's nine points came back through. So that was very nice. Got uh, just more than average. Um, Chillers, bringing Chillers in for um, Trent, as we both did, was a good call. Yeah. Well done, us. Pats well done, on our own backs. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm liking like Mendy possibly in goal for Chelsea, so I'm sort of eyeing him up a little bit, and I quite like doubling up, doubled up on Wolves, uh, potentially a double up on Chelsea defence, which would be quite ridiculous. But hey, they're they're picking up the results, so so who knows? Um, but yeah, Danny Ings is the big one, isn't he? Danny Ings um, with uh, he got another goal last week, but obviously he is out for four to six weeks now. Um, up until nearly Christmas, it's a, it's a, a knee injury again, which which could be a bit of an issue. But um, we we wish him the absolute speediest recovery in more than just fantasy Premier League. Um, but for now, replaced him. Well, I've replaced him with Mister Callum Wilson. Um, I I have I know my friends at home are utterly um, they're 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 not happy with me because they don't like picking Newcastle players. They will not. They will refuse to pick Newcastle players. Um, <laughs> but I went for Wilson, good value player. Um, I already had a couple of million in the bank as well, so I've gone and put Harry Kane in for, as well for for Raúl Jiménez. Um, and I've also made a third substitution, a third transfer, and uh, and I've gone and put Zayek in. For Fordham, so Zayek, Wilson, Kane for Ings, Jimenez, Fordham. Um, I wanted to get ahead of the curve because I just think Zayek could could absolutely explode this season. I think he's my top tip for the week. I think um, Rodriguez is still, you know, a bit of a doubt. Not quite sure um, with with his injury. Uh, Chelsea have Sheffield United, which is a pretty happy happy hunting ground at the moment. Um, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling Zayek for a big week, and I, and I thought it was worth taking the hit for Fordham, um, who was up against uh, Liverpool, which which could be a tough one. So that's where I'm going with that one. There's some brave choices in there. I like them, though. I like them. I, I wish I hadn't taken Callum Wilson on my team. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those where I haven't been that. Exp- I've been very solid this year, but not really that explosive. So I just think Zayek Kane. Um, can be sort of those explosive players can rack up a couple of goals again, but hey, we see, we see. Um, and very quickly before we leave, Champions League is over for now. We mourn, we mourn, uh, but it shall return very soon. Um, is there any any players have sort of caught your eye, caught your eye who Premier League teams should be looking at uh, in the transfer window coming up? 
I think it's a, it's a funny one. Some of the standout players of uh, players we know quite well in the Premier League anyway, like Morata keeps scoring goals. He's doing mm. it for you, though. Very nice to see. Angelino um, doing well at RB Leipzig again, which is which is good. But um, the big one, I don't think we can we can do this. I wanted to talk about some different players. I wanted to talk about Lautaro Martinez. I wanted to talk about Duvan Zapata, but we can't, can we? Because we have to talk about Erling Braut Haaland. <laughs> we obviously have to. Yes, yeah, talk to, to me, brother. goals in 11 <laughs> Champions League matches tied it? now with goals with Adriano tied with Ronaldo tied with Zidane he has 26 goals in his 28 games for Dortmund that's unreal it's not bad going is it it's not bad going at all he is um, I'm, I'm loving that he's actually turned up again and, and didn't just sort of fizzle out after the initial spell I love that he's actually here to stay um, and, and I, I also love players who just who love a competition. Like they actually, like they don't just show up in their league and sort of, you know, knock about these teams at the, at the bottom of their leagues and stuff. And then everybody gets really excited about them. I love that he's doing this on the biggest stage. Like he, he, he's turning up and it doesn't matter who he's, who he's up against. He's just turning them over. And I, and I love players like that who, um, I mean, what, how, how many did you say he has there? 14? 14 goals in his first 11 Champions League matches. I mean, that's just an unbelievable record. And that's one season. Times that over another eight, eight or nine years. He's, I mean, he's on course. It's obviously far too early to say he's on course to, to set records in it. But um, I'd just love to and see more that than half of them, More than half of those are from Salzburg. So it's not yeah. like he's even playing yeah. for a Real Madrid where they put in eight or nine past the team anyway. He's mm. doing this for a ridiculous amount of clubs. He scored against Napoli. He scored against Liverpool. He scored against every team he's played against in the Champions League. It's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. Um, I, he's and I'm... like a ridiculous baller. And if United don't go broke for him and Sancho, just give him the war chest, the whole war chest for them pair. <laughs> Hand it over. Um, I have two more, two quick shouts before uh, before we head off. But um, I, 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 well, one slightly more muted. But I know Upper Meccano um, uh, of of RB Leipzig had a little bit of a shocker the other night, and he had a little bit of a shocker against Manchester United, who uh, who you know were the team that felt like a bit of an audition, didn't it? Uh, conceding five in your audition is not the best way to go about it. Um, I mean, it's one of those that where it's, it's kind of like everything's magnified, isn't it, in the Champions League? Every performance, good or bad, is magnified to the nth degree of being good or, or being bad. Um, but he's one of those players where it just needs to maybe, you know, we need to see more of him at that top level. I mean, I know he was obviously tremendous last last year. Uh, so, you know, one one or two bad performances isn't going to, to change a great deal. But um, you just want to see how he bounces back from this. And if he does bounce back, which I'm sure he will, then that probably just ups his price tag to know that he actually is, you know, permanent class uh, rather than just form. And, and another player who, again, I'm not unearthing any gems here, um, but Pablo Dybala at Juventus. Um, so he scored, scored again last night, which is fine. But he's sort of been all but cut out by Perlo this season so far. He's barely played. He's had, I think, it's two appearances in the league. Um, he wasn't even getting into the team um, when Ronaldo was, was out with, with, uh, with COVID. I know Morata's obviously starting up front. And I just, every time I've, I've seen him in a big Champions League game, he's been technically superb. And like his, his free kick take, and his, his, he looks clinical. He's, he's just got so much talent. I don't need to tell you how good he, he can be. 
I just wonder whether that is the sort of player who, again, I know Man United seem to be the easy target here, but you know, if they're wanting that slight, more, a bit more of a wide forward, not like an all-out and out striker, could Dybala be a player who who comes to the Premier League in the near future? Will he just you know not accept that he is a backup at, at a club anymore? He was a um, Serie A player of the year last year, um, yeah. and yeah, I think he's gone through a bit of a gold route of late, um, and thankfully he broke that last night. But um, he's not a player that's that's um, going to stand in the shadows for long for anywhere. So hopefully it comes good for him at Juve again, which I think it will. Um, even though he has had a bit of up and down time there, but yeah, linked with Spurs a lot. He could definitely could definitely see him at United. Um, he feels like a player that could light up the Prem. Maybe a bit like Hammers is doing. Um, mm. And before we before we skip over this, um, I'm a little bit worried for for Gladbach fans. Um, because uh, with Alassane player and uh, Turam, Marcus Turam playing mm. so well, scoring, uh, you know, Turam got three against, Sha- uh, Turam got two against Real Madrid, player got three against Shakhtar. Um, it might be a bit of a Frank- Frankfurt situation where they do really well and then at the end of the year, they all get broken up and sold left, right and centre. Yeah. So um, wouldn't be super surprised if maybe we see um, one of those at an Arsenal, for example. Absolutely pillaged. Yeah, so it's, it's the magic of the cup really, isn't it? I mean, you know, play well, sell your whole team. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Wilson. And uh, what's coming up in the Match of the Day magazine this weekend? This week? This week? This whole week? <laughs> well, Still on Shelves is a wicked celebration of all things Messi and Ronaldo. So if you're missing the Champions League, you've got all the best in there anyway. The two top players in the world. But we've also got some epic prizes to win, like a PS4 and nine dreamy posters. But also, let me shout out, we've got something very special launching next week so i'm sure that'll come up on next week's pod but also all over the old uh, social channels too so keep the ear to the ground keep your eyes peeled it's exciting mate i promise you have me intrigued you have me intrigued and my laptop battery is about to die so i'm gonna have to wrap up this very very quickly uh, in the virtual studio the height of professionalism uh, thank you very much for listening you can come to radiotimes.com slash sport for all of your latest sporting previews, we've got a bit of everything coming up. Um, we've got a bit of golf coming up. We've got a bit of Masters coming up. I love the Masters. Um, we also have all of the Premier League previews and the usual stuff that you will enjoy. Um, everything coming up on TV to, to satisfy your lockdown needs. Um, take care. Have a good one. Take care.